This episode is sponsored by 43 North, a seed stage startup accelerator that's on the hunt for its next cohort. This year, 43 North will make five $1 million investments, each at 5% equity. Visit 43north.org to learn more. Applications close on June 23rd, so you better get on it. Today, a lot more companies are trying different approaches as we see PLG evolving from totally automated to semi-automated, especially today in a world where you can kind of choose your own adventure. But Supreman probably did it the reverse of most companies, where we started with humans and then we grew into the PLG self-serve motion, as opposed to many companies attempting to start PLG self-serve and then supplementing with individuals later down the road. If you're at an early stage or growth stage VC-backed startup, you're in the right place. Season one and two, I brought on startup founders, marketing and sales leaders to explore brand demand, what approaches work well, challenges and category design. For season three, we're going deep into messy creative experiments, marketing innovation, pushing boundaries, how to make creativity achievable at a growing startup, why it's so important today, balancing creativity with results and how to sell the CEO on the creative stuff. I'll also talk to creatives like artists and writers to understand their approach to creativity and what we can learn and apply to marketing at our startups. See you inside. Welcome everyone to the show. Great to have you here. I wanted to bring on someone from a super cool company called Superhuman. I've got Say Suryakumar on the show today. He is the head of marketing at Superhuman. Prior, Say, you were the director of product marketing at Dropbox. And prior to that, you've held marketing leadership positions at HelloSign, which was acquired by Dropbox. So, you know, I can see that there's kind of like a little trajectory there. The companies that you come to, they get acquired. So, hey, who knows what's going to happen next. But welcome to the show, Say. Thanks, Anna. I'm excited to be here. Great. So let me just give a little background on Superhuman for folks that have not heard of Superhuman. Founded in 2015, over 100 people Series C funding, so 108 million total. And a quick description, blazingly fast, delightful and stress-free, Superhuman is the fastest email experience ever made. Customers fly through their inbox twice as fast as before and save an average of three hours every single week. More than half hit inbox zero within four hours of starting. So I don't know, that sounds really good to me. I don't know for listeners, (laughs) if you're not using Superhuman, that sounds pretty awesome. And the cool thing is, and I think we'll touch on this a little bit later in the episode, is you've recently expanded from an individual product. So, okay, I can just go ahead and start using Superhuman, visit the website, you know, download and start using to one that's optimized for teams. So more of a B2B play there. And I want to talk to you about that, like how you're thinking about it. So for folks that haven't looked at the Superhuman website, check it out. It's beautiful. And you can see the get started button, which is all the way at the bottom of the homepage. It's so big. I've never seen a bigger call to action button, but I imagine that works pretty well for you guys to get people to click on it and start using. Is that right? Yeah. Am I making assumptions? (laughs) No, you're not in it. It's actually a brand new website. And so we actually launched the new superhuman.com very, very recently, right? In the last month or so. And 
it's really been part of this transformation from the original superhuman, which was really meant to be an individual email product, as we sort of evolve and kind of adjust to what our customers are asking for, to be more of this wider scope product that can serve individuals really, really well, uh, but can also work for teams. Teams that are small and nimble or larger, more complex teams, either at small companies or even at really large companies. And so this is kind of part of the evolution of Superhuman as we grow and we expand what we're able to deliver. Wonderful. Okay. Well, I've heard folks like talk about Superhuman, how it's saving them time. So I'm not new to Superhuman. I want to ask you about specifically, like you've got a PLG go-to market model and I haven't really had anybody on the show that talks in depth about the PLG approach. And especially now, I think companies that were never even thinking about PLG, they have much more complex SaaS products. They're fine-tuning it a little bit now. They're changing it up a little. So they're getting rid of some of the features that are not necessary, changing the pricing, making it like easier to use for maybe smaller companies, right, that don't need such a huge enterprise like SaaS product. So let's talk about that. What are some of the very first things that you put into place when you joined Superhuman, like your first 90 days? Yeah, Superhuman is a really interesting company because while we do have a PLG motion, we have some of the best parts of what I would call a sales-led or a human-touch-led motion. We know that habit change can be hard. And most of us, and I have spent the better part of two to three decades in the same email product, whether that's Gmail or whether that's Outlook or whether that's Yahoo or any number of email products. And so changing habits that we've been working on for so long can be challenging. And so we actually use a very interesting part PLG, part human model at Superhuman, where customers are able to log into the product to experience it on their own time, but then they have the ability to book one-on-one -on -one concierge support with a productivity expert. And this is someone who's actually trained to help dissect email habits and help you understand ways you can make your workflows faster. So they'll actually spend time with you on a 30 or 45 minute call watching how you reply and respond, very much like a personal trainer would watch how you lift weights or how you work out and give you tips to improve your form. This person will give you tips and tricks to help make you faster at email from within Superhuman. And so it's both the tool and it's the methodology of how you leverage email. That's how folks save so much time. And because that's challenging, it's very tough to make it just PLG on its own, which is why we add the human element. And that human element brings this piece of delight, of excitement, of connection that helps people feel a little bit more familiar in a brand new product, something that they've never seen before. That's really cool. Who else does this? Does anybody else do this sort of thing where you can jump right in, start using it? Do you guys offer free trial? We don't offer a free trial yet. Okay. But you can pay, right? It's monthly. Mm -hmm. You can pay for it, start using it. But then you have somebody else that kind of comes in and is like your coach. How do you make the workflows faster? Be on that call, watching how you reply and respond. Does anybody else use this kind of methodology or is this unique? So the one-on-one -on -one concierge onboarding is really something that Superhuman created. In a sea of companies trying to do self-serve and trying to automate everything and remove humans, Superhuman was one of the first companies that said, no, we're going to make this almost entirely based on a human. So we actually had one-on-one -on -one concierge onboarding way before we had self-service. In the early days of Superhuman, you actually had to go through an onboarding with the human before you got into the product. 
And that's because that change bar was so high. And we wanted to craft really a bespoke white glove experience for every single customer, no matter if you were an individual using it for your startup or whether you were an executive at a massive company, we wanted everyone to feel like they had the opportunity to meet with someone and really get set up for success. And so I imagine today a lot more companies are trying different approaches as we see PLG evolving from totally automated to semi-automated, especially today in a world where you can kind of choose your own adventure. But Supreme had probably did it the reverse of most companies, where we started with humans and then we grew into the PLG self-serve motion, as opposed to many companies attempting to start PLG self-serve and then supplementing with individuals later down the road. Yeah. So you joined Superhuman. What did you do in terms of this whole PLG, like, I guess it's kind of a hybrid approach, right? Because you can go ahead and start using it but then you've also got the sales led, which is the concierge service. So what were you most prioritizing in those first 90 days at the company? So one of the things you mentioned when you when we began this conversation was this transition from focusing on the solo player, the individual, to the team. And so one of the first things that we worked on after I joined Superhuman was really allowing teams to buy multiple seats of Superhuman. And it might sound slightly counterintuitive for an individual product to have a way in like that. But what we found was we had a lot of folks purchasing Superhuman individually with the aspiration that they wanted to roll it out to their team. And we wanted to open the doors right off the bat. We wanted them to be able to invite their team to do group onboardings, to onboard to the product as a collective unit, and then expand from there. And so that was one of the first things that we did within soon after I joined the company. But my work wasn't just focused on PLG. It was actually across multiple areas of marketing. One of the most interesting was taking a look at the different tactics we were using to drive traffic and really helping us hone in on the more profitable and the more sustainable tactics, things like word of mouth, social referrals, invites, and really restraining or optimizing some of the less efficient ones. For us, that was paid media. And so it was actually rather counterintuitive for most marketers to come in and actually reduce marketing spend right off the bat. But one of the things that I'm focused on is whatever marketing has is doing, it has to be sustainable and it has to be the right bet for the organization. Marketers, especially in today's world, can't just be spending thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions, tens of millions of dollars to drive traffic, unless that traffic is super profitable. And so making sure that you understand the CAC of all of your different channels, you understand what you can do sustainably, you understand what you maybe can't do sustainably, and where your best ROI is, is super critical for marketing leaders as they come in, survey an organization, and figure out where should they double down. So paid media, that's often like, that's the short term we want results, we need results. So what you did was kind of stop or cut the less efficient because sometimes the paid media, you're spending a lot of money, but it's a high CAC. That's what it sounds like it was turning out to be. But you're spending more time in the social referrals, invites, right? And so what channels did you end up, besides social, anything else that you spent more time on? That's more long-term planning, right? Long-term marketing plays. It is. My approach was to lean into the things that Superhuman has been good at in the past. And one of the interesting notions about Superhuman is because it is an email product, every single person that visits Superhuman already has a competitor. 
They already come with a Gmail or an Outlook. Very few people come to Superhuman as their very first email product. I would say probably zero. And so switching is a rather high mental barrier for many people. They can't imagine what it would be like to not use a Gmail, much less to pay for an email product. And so one of the things that Superhuman has done super well is they've cultivated this group of really loyal, excited customers. And so word of mouth has been such a critical lever for us, both in the early days and today, it still drives a majority of our traffic. And so as a marketing team, we leaned into word of mouth. What does that mean? Tell me more about how you leaned into word of mouth. What kinds of plays are you running? Sure. So for us, it's all about evangelizing the voices of our customers and giving customers more reasons to talk about superhuman. So one of the things that we've done for a while is inbox zero in streaks, right? Personalized achievements within the product. We have different work streams going on to help highlight other achievements and other milestones within superhuman. We looked at specific customers that were able to use Superhuman to achieve better results for themselves and for their teams, and we went through the process of figuring out how can we elevate their stories? How can we share just how Superhuman helps maybe an account executive in their day-to-day? How can Superhuman help maybe a product marketer? How can Superhuman help an executive? And so by looking at these different personas and looking at their unique use cases, We focused on elevating and expanding those stories so that others like them could actually see, hey, I can actually use this and I'm a sales rep or I can use this and I'm in operations as opposed to the generic messaging that I think applies pretty unilaterally to almost all our customers. And so it really it really boils down to evangelizing those voices and equipping customers with the right tools to share and tell their superhuman story, whether those are referral campaigns, whether those are streaks within the product or whether those are simple, delightful moments that we sprinkle in with customers when they hit an exciting milestone, right? You've cleared some number of emails. Congratulations. Here's a token of our appreciation. It has nothing to do with monetizing that customer, but everything to do with delighting them and making them feel special for an achievement that they've recently hit. Hey, it's Anna, the host of Modern Startup Marketing, the show that you're listening to. I'm also the founder of Firminov Marketing Consulting. People call me the Marie Kondo of startup marketing because I help early stage startups clean up their marketing mess with the right strategy and execute with laser focus. So whenever you're ready, there are three ways I can help. One, as your startup's fractional head of marketing, I've had over 25 happy clients and mentees. Two, you can sign up to get my monthly newsletter where I'm sharing playbooks and insights and cracking some jokes. And three, you can sponsor this top 5% podcast and get startup founders, marketers, and VCs hearing about your brand. And now back to this episode. What's the token of appreciation? Like, do you give them something? Yeah. Is it like a badge? It's not a badge. It's actually, (laughs) so we've done a number of different things. We try to be very intentional. We don't want to be one of the companies that sends just useless swag out to people for no reason. And so we try and be really really, really intentional about what we send folks. And so last year, for example, for our Inbox Zero campaign, we very specifically picked different gifts that could help customers decompress and relax and feel a little bit more zen because we know that's one of the amazing feelings that comes with Inbox Zero. In the past, we've done, believe it or not, books with all of our Inbox Zero imagery. It's all really kind of blissful, relaxing imagery that we have within the product. And so we've actually collated that into a really nice hardbound book and sent that to customers who've used us for a long time. So we try to always be a little unique and a little avant-garde with what we pick. That intentionality is not just something in marketing, that goes throughout the entire company. It's one of our core values. 
And so whenever we do things, we try to really think it through at a deep level and make sure that whatever we chose, we chose with purpose, as opposed to simply saying, hey, let's send 500 coffee mugs out, but really want to be intentional about what we send customers and how it's going to make them feel when they receive it. Yeah, I love that. Blissful, relaxing imagery. Who wouldn't want that? I'm curious, where are the majority of your fans, like your super excited customers? Because you said you're elevating different people's stories, how you help an AE in their day to day is very different from how you help like an exec, you know, a CEO in their day to day. So where are the majority of your fans? Where do you think is like the, the bulk of them? Who are they? So today, the majority of our users are probably in the technology space. They're likely Gmail users. And they're likely senior leaders. And that's really because of how Superhuman started. Like most startups, it's very difficult to focus on everybody. And so when we began, we spent a lot of time looking very closely at who had the biggest challenges with email, who was swamped, who found it tough to reply. And our founder, Rahul, has personal experience, right? He's a multi-time founder. And so one of the use cases immediately that sprung to mind was, it's really hard for founders and executives to manage their email. They get hundreds, if not sometimes thousands of emails. And so the pain there is quite large, especially when you're a small executive or a founder at a startup and you don't have the infrastructure of larger companies. And so we went to where the challenge was greatest, the pain was greatest. And that's really where Superhuman built its initial group of customers, was early adopters in the technology space, in the venture capital space. And we grew from there. And so you'll notice a lot of our excitement from customers can be seen on Twitter. Rahul still remains super active. Uh, he still shares nuggets about our roadmap even today. In the last few weeks, he shared some teasers of what we're building. Our whole team, even our Delight team, spends time on Twitter. And the goal is we want to meet customers where they are. We want them to be able to reply to product releases and launch announcements. We want to be able to continue the conversation on these channels. And so you'll notice Twitter is probably one of our strongest channels. In the early days, we did almost everything on Twitter. We did launch announcements. We did customer support. Almost everyone in the organization was really, really active. And that still is a really important part of our DNA. Um, but now we began to expand and we've carried the conversation to other channels, folks that might live on LinkedIn or very recently even folks that might live on TikTok. And the whole idea is to meet customers where they live. Yeah, love it. Okay, so we've talked about what's working pretty well for you guys. And part of it is like you're in the product, you're creating these delightful moments, you're sending token of appreciation, you're on social media. Twitter seems to be the flagship, but you're, you've expanded to LinkedIn, TikTok, and you're really trying to bring out the customers and making them the heroes. And they're, how are they enjoying the product and having that like the cornerstone of your content? What's not working so well? What would you say is still a challenge? I think we're at a time of transition. Our brand is widely recognized as an individual user brand. And so when you're making a transition from an individual product to a team's product, you got to do a little bit of work to change the perception, both of prospects, people that you're trying to market to, and your customers, folks that use the product today. And I think we've still got a ways to go. We haven't quite fully created that change in the minds of our users. And that's probably one of the biggest things that not just marketing, but the whole organization is really focused on. It's not necessarily telling folks that we are no longer an individual product. It's simply expanding the scope of what Superhuman can do from it's only for me to, hey, now I can actually use it for my team or folks even beyond my team. Makes sense. Yeah, that is tough, right? Have you run into any 
reason to think about the category. I'm just curious because I email's been around forever and you're changing people's behaviors, trying to get them to move over to a different platform. But is it a question of category or is it still like we're another we're a different email platform and here's how, why we're better? Have you thought about category and positioning it like that? We have. I think one of the challenges with positioning a new category or anything along the lines of category creation, I think a lot of folks underestimate just how hard it is to create and evangelize a new category. We all look at examples that have been successful, right? We look at Dropbox creating cloud storage. We look at DocuSign creating e-signature. And I think folks miss the fact that those companies spent the better part of a decade creating that perception in the minds of their customers, building towards it consistently day after day, month after month, week after week. In some of those cases, people lose that and they kind of look at a company as a category king and they go, wow, that was really easy. But in retrospect, it's really difficult to do that. So I think there's a danger with category creation. I also think there is still a massive opportunity in email. We're all familiar with email. We're all familiar with how email works. And yet it happens to be one of the most underinvested in spaces in technology. We're all still using a product that came out multiple decades ago. And yes, it's expanded with features, but it's gotten slow. It's gotten buggy. It's gotten harder to use. And we're seeing massive improvement and investment in other areas of applications and other areas of software. And yet the one tool that everyone is still forced to use is old school email. And so for us, the perception is, there is so much opportunity. So many people use email and no one wakes up excited to log into their email. It's actually quite the opposite. And what we found with superhuman users is they're actually excited to use superhuman. They actually enjoy clearing their inbox and getting to inbox zero. They enjoy triaging. They enjoy spending less time on email. And so anytime you have something like that, that's a huge sign to double, triple, quadruple down because you're leaving customers happier in a world where the alternative is definitely more stressful. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I was personally curious because I could see how you could go both ways. I could see how email has just been kind of like, well, just use, it's just email, just send emails. It's fine, we've got the, but nobody's really focused on it. There's a few players out there that are focused on email and doing creative things with how, who gets to send you email, blocking access to people sending emails, right? But I agree, it's definitely not being invested in. I was curious about your experience at Dropbox because you just mentioned like Dropbox is part of that category creation, created cloud storage. What do you think is like one big thing you learned from your experience at Dropbox that you're using your role today? What are you taking from that time at Dropbox? One of the things that Dropbox did and still does phenomenally well is they understand the behavior of their users in the product at such an incredibly specific level of detail. It's not just that people use Dropbox. They understand how they use it when they use it, what features they do. And because of all of that information, they're able to really understand what types of customers are more likely to become enterprise customers, what types of customers are probably going to remain prosumers, and what customers might fall somewhere in the middle, which allows them to hone their messaging really specifically. And that level of detail and depth is amazing. Now, Dropbox, their analytics team and their data science team is world-class. And so not all companies are able to build a team that large and that sophisticated, 
but it just goes to show you how much Dropbox focuses on its internal user base as opposed to attracting external people to the platform because the largest drop opportunity for Dropbox is their user base, right? There are more than 500 million people with some level of files on Dropbox. And so figuring out how to better serve those customers and to better add value to those folks is something that I think Dropbox does exceptionally well. They're a great example of PLG coming in an individual capacity with a single use case and then expand to multiple use cases with team or even enterprise capabilities. Yeah. So how are you bringing that into your role now? I would love to say it's just me. It's not. It is a total company-wide effort at Superhuman to learn more about how our customers are using the product and get really smart about the different actions folks are taking and how that's helping them own their day, own their time. How an account executive behaves in the product might be very different to how an executive behaves. While they're still processing email, they're still clearing emails, they're still sending emails, there's likely very nuanced differences. And so what that helps us do is really hone our roadmap and get really specific about the types of things we build for different groups of customers that might be able to get more value out of Superhuman because they happen to be maybe a different group of folks than what we built for in the past. And so that level of product depth just helps us get better at delivering value to customers, right? It helps us move faster and deliver things that affect a wider group of folks within the application. Yeah. Well, seriously, this has been such a useful and insightful conversation. And clearly, you've got like such great experience you're bringing on to the team at Superhuman from your prior experiences. So thank you. Thanks for talking about PLG a bit more. We didn't cover everything, but I super loved what we did cover, like what's working well for you guys, what's still a challenge, like why not category design, all that stuff. So thank you so much, Say. This was great. If anybody wants to find Say, you can go on LinkedIn, Say Yon. I will include a link in the show notes. And to check out Superhuman, you can go to superhuman.com. So thank you again, Say. Thanks, Anna. Thanks for listening to this episode of Modern Startup Marketing. New episodes are dropping weekly, so make sure you're following wherever you get your podcasts. You can find me on LinkedIn, search for Anna Firminov, or go to my website, firminovmarketing.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.